And God is awesome, isn't he? Yes, he is. So happy Father's Day. If you got a father around you, turn to him and say, Happy Father's Day. I consider it a great, great honor to be here today. I mean, for most people that, you know, they preach and stuff, to me, this is such an awesome opportunity to get to talk to you about what God has birthed in my life and helped me through, and he can help you through all your situations. I'll, I'll start by saying this. Uh, me and my brother Thaddeus, we, 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 I don't think we've ever had any conflict, ever. You know, never. never. I mean, you know, brothers, we're born into adversity. But the truth is, it's like we've just always been giving each other high fives, just like, like Joel and Ron. Ron Wyman, yeah, they've always been great. Yeah. If you believe that, if you believe that, you believe anything. You know, through, through broken ribs, uh, torn ligaments, you know, uh, just contusions, uh, cliff jumping, whatever it is, you know, my brother, he's always been there. And this story is very impactful because... My brother, he actually, when you go into the world, you see the world as it is. He actually found God, and he changed these secular college parties into these large, large Christian prayer groups on campus. And if he had not have done that, I don't know where I would be today in this congregation. I'm very thankful for my brother Thaddeus. I will say I could do without the, the broken ankles and stuff like that. You know, we just. But one men's retreat, we actually sat down and squashed out all of our differences, all the things we held and carried throughout our whole life. And I'm telling you, to this day, I sing with him. His ministry is powerful and how God's blessed him. I'm just thankful to be here. But I'm going to say this. When fathers, when men, when men in the church decide to stand up, see, this idea of forgiveness and the pardoning gift of forgiving others is what I want to talk to you about today. I pray that this gets through to those who feel they are victims and victimizers, and I hope this helps them learn how to forgive and to be forgiven. Please stand with me and I'll open your Bibles to Genesis 45, if you don't mind. I've got my Bible. It's, uh, it's got like, it's, it's, it has like the... The, the comics, it gives you a good... No, I'm just joking. It's my daughter's Bible. My Bible's a little too heavy to put on the stand, so I'm going to just read it from this. Genesis 45, is everybody there? Verses 1 through 20. Okay? Read along with me if you don't mind, or in your own head, you know. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him, because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years, there's been a famine in the land, but for the next five years, there's, there will be no plowing and reaping, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. 
He made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph said. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the rain region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and your grandchildren, your flocks and your herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about the honor accorded me in Egypt and everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over him. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan and bring all your father and families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives. Get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all Egypt will be yours. The thing is, I don't want to insult many of your biblical. You, you can have a seat. You can have a seat. I don't want to insult many of your biblical intelligences. Uh, so for the sake of time, I'll jot through this, but just follow with me here if you don't mind. <clears throat> Joseph, sold into slavery by his jealous brothers, his father told after they dipped the coat of many colors in goat's blood that his son is dead, is taken to Egypt where he is sold to Potiphar as a household slave. He does rise to prominence in Potiphar's house. Potiphar makes Joseph the head of his household, but Potiphar's wife, furious at Joseph for resisting her attempts to seduce him into sleeping with her, accuses him falsely of attempting to rape her. Potiphar casts Joseph into prison for 17 years where he comes to the notice of Pharaoh through his ability to interpret the dreams of other prisoners. Then he's able to save the entire land of Egypt by saying that they need to save up to seven years of plenty to prepare for seven years of famine. He was right and in turn was able to save his entire family and ultimately the entire land of Egypt. See, it's, it's awesome when you look at verse 15. And he forgives his brothers for 17 years in prison and he, and he hugs them. And, and he weeps over him. Everybody heard it from the Pharaoh on down. But he said, everything that I have is yours. He was able to forgive his brother. He said, I'm your brother Joseph. Do you know who I am? I'm the one that you sold into slavery through all these years of all this fighting. But God has sent me before you to preserve life so that you also may live. See, if Joseph had not went through all these horrible things, being sold into slavery by those he thought loved him the most, his own brothers, and being lied to by Potiphar's wife as something as severe as rape. They've been thrown into prison for 17 years. Many of us men, and I'm going to talk to you straight up, many of us men were victims. There's a lot to chomp on here, a lot, a lot of good meat for the women here, but today I'm going to talk to the men. So please, glean from it what you can. Some of us, some of us have been mistreated. Someone's mistreated you. Someone has talked bad about you. Someone hated on you. Someone took your girlfriend or your wife. Someone's partner was unfaithful. Someone cheated on you, betrayed your trust. Someone has abused you mentally or physically. Someone has molested you. 
Why did dad have to leave mom? Why did I have to grow up without a dad? You ask, Lord, why am I sick? Why did mom have to have cancer? Why do I have all these ailments? Why did my wife leave me? Why did this have to happen to me? An endless cycle of just beating yourself up and other people. You know what? On a missions trip with Danny Dodge. Any, anybody know who Danny Dodge is? You know, we went, to, we went up to Minnesota, and there was a man there, and I got a great chance to talk with him, great man of God. But he said, Caleb, I'm the one that, that actually invented that divider between the policeman and the criminal. Some of us know about that divider a little bit better than others. But the point is, he said, I'm the one that made that divider. Caleb, a friend of mine, comes over to my house. He says, hey, I know how to do this invention thing. I'll turn it in for you. He turns it in, takes all the credit. That product has made over $4.2 million. This man sat, hid behind bushes. He told me, he said, Caleb, Caleb, I literally made a blueprint of how I was going to take this man's life. This man was going to live no longer. And he caught himself inside the bushes of this man's house, ready to just take this man out. This bitterness, Caleb, it was tearing me up inside. If I, if I didn't get it off of my back, it was going to kill me, Caleb. He said, I had to let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, let it go. They're living now a life free from bitterness and quite successful. Why am I not growing? I'll tell you why. Because you're bitter. Nobody can be around your behind when you're always angry at the world. And now you got nobody because sympathy is running low. And so now you ain't got nobody else to get mad at. So you get mad at God. I'm just saying, and, and, and we live in this never back down city of Chicago and the surrounding city. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. Don't you say that about me. This past, this past is killing you. And it's not letting you move on into the future. You know, uh, my pops, hmm, this man used to give these old school Israelite whoopings, okay? I mean, it's not, <laughs> woo! I mean, you, I mean, you'd actually walk like this after, you know, it's like you couldn't sit down. The teacher said, sit down. I can't sit down, you know. And I remember I would go around, huh, you don't know about me and my dad. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, wow, you know. Oh, he used to beat me. Oh, he showed it. And as I'm going around getting my sympathy from everybody in this grade, uh, Caleb, we feel you. We understand what you're going through. I, I, ha, ha. And I'm, I'm going around just grabbing for anything. I can. Who, who knew my father? Anybody in here know my father? It was no joke. Max, Maxwell Street, from the streets of Chicago, grew up gangster his whole life, and comes, and now he's got these kids. He, he didn't have parents. <laughs> he, he, he watched the... the, the movies to good the, the the godfather to figure out how to raise his kids he didn't know but the thing is I'm there at this uh, job that I was working at where we we're helping out disabled children and a girl comes up real nice beautiful pretty girl great friend of all of us and I said hey you know my pop oh if you only knew and she said Caleb and we're in a group she says Caleb I know just what you mean my father my father was, was in the biker gangs, and he raped me and my sister. I actually had an abortion. I knew just what you mean about your dad. And I said, no, 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 no. 
But she goes on and she says, but Caleb, my church, they all came together with me. We drove to his house in Arizona, all tatted up, all his Rottweilers rolling around, no grass, all just broke down house. And he comes there out to the door with all his tats. And she stands there at the gate. He stops and she says, Father, I forgive you. They embraced. As she told me the story, I began to weep. I said, what am I talking about? My dad was one of the best dads I could have ever had. My mother taught us about the word. My dad taught us a lot about life. Without him, I probably would be, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if that's you all today, but I'm talking to somebody here. If, if, if you hear what I'm saying, say amen. See, on a meager salary, my father took in orphans and widows, folks. He helped anybody he could with no money. You know, don't let your past determine your future. You know, and I want to give respect to all the fathers that we've lost. And I want to give respect to fathers in the audience who fathered me. Mr. Cooper, oh, man, uh, I just want to, let's, Mr. Ball, let's just give it up for all the fathers in the house today. Come on, what are we talking about, Mr. Pryor, Bill, Greg, come on. <laughs> You know, forgiveness is such an awesome thing in the Bible. And in that story with Joseph, it's the first time you ever hear the word forgiveness. And I know that the story of Christ on the cross is the greatest example of forgiveness. We all know that. But the story is the first one, Genesis 45. Oh, he forgave all his brothers on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The, the Lord's prayer, he says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we what? As we what? You see, forgiveness is one of the toughest things we ever have to do in the Christian faith. Am I right or wrong? Obviously, this idea of forgiveness is no little small thing in the Bible. It says in the Bible, if a man or woman does you wrong, you ought to what? Call them on it. But when they don't stop you, there's a number on it. He says 70 times 7. You're supposed to forgive them 70 times 7. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but when I think about Jesus, I think about God and his goodness, I say to myself, 70 times 7, if he puts this pressure on me to forgive 70 times 7, how much greater is his forgiveness of y'all? Is his forgiveness of me? This unforgiveness, it's a lot like a disease, a cancer that spreads, and then you pass it along to your marriage and to your children and people close to you. This generational curse, it's seeping out of your heart and melting through your body, consuming anything and everyone around you. I heard a pastor once say it's like, it's like the acid inside of a plastic container melting away the very container it sits in. Folks, you, you know what? Can I, Bill, would you, come up, would you come up real fast? Listen, when you did things wrong in the past, they would... They would <laughs> no, but listen, I'm going to get on your back just for a second. No, I'm just saying, these... Try to, try, try to walk, Bill. Just try to walk. You'd carry this sin, this person that you had killed, strapped to your body. Some of the women here are carrying things so heavy on their backs, and it may just be time for you to tell your neighbor to say, let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, let that junk go. Woo! This is killing your family, your job, most importantly, your walk with Christ. Please don't think that I'm taking these trials lightly. If you do need professional help, please seek professional help uh, or, or come to a pastor. Talk to him. But it's time, folks, to let these things go. 
We're to keep our eyes on the prize. This junk don't matter in the scheme of things. What matters most is your relationship with Christ. Uh, Thaddeus talks about that family that they took in like 18 children, uh, uh, the, the Tweetmeyers. Uh, that some of the children have these diseases and debilitating things. And I go to Kyle and I, always, I, said, I said, man, I, I got four kids. And, and they're doing pretty good, but man, I'm struggling sometimes. He said, Caleb, when are you going to realize that it's not about you? I said, I said what? Caleb, when are you going to realize it's not about us? It's about God. It's about God. That's why we're here on this earth, throwing these adult fits, adult pouting and saying, oh, woe is me. One day you got to stand up and be a man or be a man and a woman and, 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 and forgive these people and these things in your life and move on. This, this uh, thing I'm going to ask you is why, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? Some people ask, why are they not developing as Christians? You ask yourself, why am I not growing? Because you can't forgive. Mm. This beautiful gift, this pardon you can give others, and friends, this idea of forgiveness. You know what is, hey, 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 Thad, hey, hey, man, I got some extra tickets to the Bulls game. Why don't we bring, why don't we bring Mike? Oh, man, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, he's, ah, uh, yeah, he's always, always down in the dump. I know, man, but, but, but yeah, all right, that's, well, all right, call up Pastor Keith. You know, the, the point is, you don't know what's playing out because of so much stuff that you carry with you in your day-to-day -day life. You don't even know this. Forgiveness is about 20% of something we do for other people, but more so, I would say, 80% more for ourselves to get well and move on. There have been countless clinical studies about the actual damaging physical and mental stress that that grudge holding and, and unforgiveness can do to your actual body. There have been countless uh, 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 folks that have been delivered of this, and actually some of their ailments went away. Can you believe this? Folks, you got to let it go like Joseph did. Turn to your neighbor one more time and say, let it go. Forgiveness is letting go of the hope that the past could be anything different than what it actually was. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's letting go of the hope that the past could have been anything different than what it actually was. I'm so thankful I got my brother here today because we do share one teacher, our mother. For you women out there, you're a pillar for your husband. As he's out there fighting, he's out there fighting, and those different things that he's went through in his life. You know what? We've all made mistakes. I've made mistakes. Maybe it's just time that you... Gave him a break. Maybe you may just want to turn to your spouse and say, it's time for a new leaf. Would you say that? Maybe today it's time for a new leaf. You know, we're going to get free today, no matter what anybody says. I'm going to say this one last time. Letting go of the hope that the past could be anything different. Until they develop some sort of time machine, you're not going to go back to that time. So you might as well just let it go anyway. All right? Okay? Let's start new. Let's start new. Freedom. I'm going to go on to something else. I think we got a good idea of what being a victim is. But let's move on to the victimizers. Joseph's brothers. These victimizers, they're different than those whom are victims. 
Victimizers are the ones who are accountable for this high number of victims in the world. You know what? I actually made a little diagram because it's better to just see the thing. Look at this right here. Can you point there? Look right here. You see? Victimizers, folks that are kind of gangster to everybody, it kind of produces victims. Okay? The victim kind of constructs himself to be a victimizer. Does that make sense? This to me is the circle, the cycle. Folks, we got to break it today. Look, you're forgiven. Stop making victims if you're a victimizer. The deepest sea, you got to let it go. If you're a victim, you got to forgive. Give the awesome pardon to you and others. You got to let it go. That's fine. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Thaddeus. Let's give a hand for Thad. <laughs> Many times, never forgiven will lead you to be a victimizer. Whew. I remember when they put my daughter in my hands and I said, I'll be the best dad. I'll be the best dad that ever lived. I'll be the best dad. Hmm. I think some of you all said the same thing. As you started off being a dad and a husband, you set out to do well, and the truth is you've ended up being the spitting image of your own father or worse. You do everything that you hated about your dad and more to your wife and kids. If you're saying to yourself that Caleb's character is finally spilling the beans, you know, that, 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 that this guy, he's just up here talking to us, he's telling us about his own life, I'll say, yes, you're right. I'm the worst of all of y'all. But you know what? I live free. I know 20 years down the road, those sins that I'm in, I'm not going to be in the same sin. But some of y'all need to know that today. So I'm saying, I'm not the pastor. I'm a guy out here saying, I'm just a sinner who's been saved by his amazing grace. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> As David said, I'll get even more undignified than this. If God could change Paul who killed Christians and be, you know, all that craziness, I'm sure he could take care of me. I'm sure he could take care of you who wrote most of the Bible, Paul. God's greatest followers were some of the worst people in the Bible. To decide, think about it. I'm not in the service, but I like to have a little bit of piano. Joey, are you, are you there, Joe? Would you come on up? <laughs> Folks, I like to get excited. I need just a little more Jesus. <laughs> you know, I just had the chance of talking to a man a few years ago. And I actually, actually, uh, Sorry, this is the week that my parents passed. A lot of y'all don't know that. So when I talk about fathers, mothers, this is very close and dear to my heart. So excuse me. <clears throat> I had the chance of talking to a man a few years ago, and I actually watched him breathe his very last breaths as his eyes rolled back. It was my wife's father. Now... He was a raging alcoholic. The cancer started in his liver and it moved to his spine and he was no longer able to walk. He was paralyzed and it was making its way quickly to his brain. Uh, and he asked for my forgiveness for judging me. And he said he apologized for his daughters for some of the mistakes he made in his daughter's past. Uh, 
and that his daughter's childhood was a little trouble. If he could do it all over again, hmm, to the men, why is it that we wait until our deathbed to ask for forgiveness? Huh. Why do so many wives and youth have a problem with their father? Why are you so angry? We judge people. Some of us are just like little gossipers. And I'll tell you, man, there's something that everybody likes about you. I remember for so long, I said, Lord, if I could just have a, a son. I had daughters. I love my daughters. I wanted daughters first. But, you know, I didn't want, you know, Sidney Poitier has six daughters right in a row. <laughs> and, and, and it's me because, because when I think about it, there's people that have lost children. There's people that could not have children. You know, and no matter, I'm, I'm, I'm at this, this get-together, and I'm there, and I'm sitting across from an NFL football player who's made millions and millions of dollars. You know, and, and, and he says, and I'm over there bragging about my daughters. Hmm. He's got, he had three rambunctious boys. His wife said, we ain't having no more. That's it. That's a wrap. But to him, he said, he said, man, if I could just have your life all I ever wanted was just one daughter. If I could have many of them, but there's a hole left in my heart. You know, so many of us don't look at all the perspectives here. We just tend to just beat ourselves up, don't we? Huh? Don't we? Look, I, I'm losing my hair. Some of y'all got hair. You know, I'm... <laughs> at least, at least I ain't losing as much as my brother Thad. I'm just saying, okay, I got... <laughs> Woo! Anyway... Some of us have been the worst of men in our past. And so many of y'all have sat down and prayed the prayer, Lord, Lord, please, at the clinic, Lord, please don't let me have an STD or, 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 or worse or AIDS. Please, Lord, please, if you do this for me, I promise you. And then, ha, and with your closest buddies, you still glorify the lifestyle of sexual wrong behavior yet he gave you a woman a gift who could deal with your trifling and angry behind and some of us don't even treat our spouses right let me ask you this have you ever laid your hands on a woman no have you ever hit a woman have you ever caught a woman that name that starts with a b are you fronting all day at church and get home and call your wife and girlfriends the worst names and say things that our children can hear that an actor couldn't even say to a villain in an R-rated movie because it would get an X rating? But Kay, you don't understand. She's supposed to be submissive. What? What are we talking about? But many of you sweat the small stuff in your marriage. When people are dying of cancer and losing their wife and have children with disabilities, we still have the audacity when all is well with us and our family to still make victims out of our offspring. See, are you constantly exploding around your house? Do you exacerbate your children? Is there anger in your home? Is nothing ever good enough for you? And this is for us all here, folks. Do you honor your mother and father? Do you honor them in the way you raise your family? Who knows what is the perfect amount of alcohol you can drink? Then you say, hey, Jesus, Jesus and them drink. Do you drink every day? Do you drink every other day? Have you ever in your life taken the Lord's name in vain? 
Have you failed God? Have you sinned against God in your relationship or your marriage? Is there contention in your relationship or marriage with your wife? And are you heavily to blame? Is it anger in your home? Is there profanity in your home? What about stubbornness, pride, and rebellion? How about arrogance? Have you failed God in your relationship with your children? Have you been exacerbating them, folks? Are you angry? Why are you so angry? Have you abused your children? Have you verbally abused your children? Are you too harsh? Are you constantly exploding around your kids? Are you controlling and dominating and domineering? Ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart this morning. What about your temper? What about greed and dishonesty and jealousy and anger? Have you failed God and sinned in your sexual behavior? Do you go? Do you go where you shouldn't go? Are you promiscuous? Have you broken the seventh commandment in spirits or in substance? Have you failed God and not worshiping him as you ought to and not serving him as you ought to serve him and not giving in obedience to him as he has commanded us? How have you failed God? I know how I did. I don't care if it's that you killed someone or that you raped someone. If you have tendencies that are weird, beat your wife or made her have a miscarriage, folks, there are earthly consequences to sin, but to God, sin is sin. <laughs> this world will pass away, but you have heaven to look forward to, even on the Christ. Even on the cross, Christ told the other murder hanging, truly, I say unto you this day, you will be with me in paradise. In Luke, make it right with God. Then apologize to your family. He's ready to forgive you and me. But we need to come clean, folks, of these sins. In his perfect word, there's restoration. And all of us can be renewed. And if the men in this house... Get on that right page, folks. I tell you, it'll change the world. Oh, folks done told you things that you can't do. They said you can't do this. And I'm telling you, you're in the right place because God is going to use you to birth something amazing in this world. Yes, he can use you. If he can use me, if he can use Paul, folks, he can use you. Ha, I'm, oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm excited about what God is going to do in this house. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, I will forgive your sins and remember them no more. Isaiah 1, 18, sins be as scarlet as white as snow as crimson. They will be like, whoo. Psalm 103, 12, east is from the west. Micah 7, 19, cast your sins into the depths of the sea and don't go fishing them up. The first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. The first to forget is the happiest. Let it go. I'm going to ask till you get that, that, that video ready and uh, I've never asked this you know I don't think we've done it before but if you can please turn the lights down if you can today we got to break this cycle Does everybody understand what I mean by the cycle victims they become victimizers these victimizers make victims we're all victims and victimizers we live in a world of sin We've all been done wrong in our lives. And we've done wrong to others. This is your legacy. These children are your seed. And your wife is the only woman who stood behind your trifling behind. Thank you. Listen, as this video plays, as this video plays, you can start it. I want you to take out two pieces of paper or your phone right after this video. One person you haven't forgave. And one person you need to ask forgiveness of. Don't show it to nobody. Keep it. And let's let it go.
Maybe you need to say something to somebody. Before my dad died, he called us all around. He said, hey, I love you. Will you forgive me of anything I've done in the past? Let's start a new day. We got to stand up. Huh. All right. I'm going to ask the pastoral team to come down. Miss Cooper, this is what I want to say. God's called us. God's called us to be men and women of grace, of his mighty grace. That's what you'd say to a king or a queen. You'd say, your grace. We are men and women of this awesome and mighty grace of God. Thank you so much. Awesome. Turn that down just a little. Thank you, Mikey. Let's just take a moment and stand together. I don't know about you, but I needed to hear that today. <laughs> How many people know sometimes you just got to offer up some forgiveness? If that was you today, just lift up your hand. Father, I thank you for the freedom that comes from just simply letting go. I pray for every person that's gathered here today, God. Lord, this is the type of word that could cut deep into the heart. And every one of us, God, might have something that we're hanging on to, Father. Father, we release it to you right now. That person, that situation, that thing, and maybe we've even painted ourselves as victims, God, and that's how we define our existence, by what happened to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give your people a release today from that. And God, that you would point the finger at our hearts, God. Is there some area of bitterness? Is there some piece of anger? Is there something we're hanging on to, God, right now that we need to let go? Point, point at the issues of our hearts. Father, we forgive them. Every wrong, everything that was done, God, we offer up forgiveness. In light of the forgiveness you've given us, God, it should be easy, Father, to forgive others, Lord. Teach us how to walk in forgiveness. God, I ask that you would bless the people of God, that you would open doors for them that no man could shut, that you would move on our behalf like never before, God, that you would continue to multiply this church. Draw people here, God, for your glory and for your name's sake, Father. Be with us. Bless your people. Keep them. Make your face shine upon them, God. And give them peace as they walk in forgiveness. We bless you today, God, and we love you forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the people of God say amen. Well, give God praise. If you need further prayer, we're going to stick around here in the front. God bless you. We'll see you.